Kirsty Logan. And today we are discussing Fatal Secrets da, da, da. by Richie Tangasley Cusick. Now. From 1992. She's got a patchy catalogue, hasn't she? She has. Now, there are certain RTC tropes that we are interested to find out if she's going to do them. There's always the um, dodgy love triangle going on. Usually someone fancies their stepbrother. <laughs> um, usually there's like a series of kind of batshit things happening that come to no purpose at the end. Mm. Let's see how many bingo boxes get ticked. <laughs> Why is that bingo so gross? <laughs> you just think everything is gutter. <laughs> <laughs> I think listeners will say that you're the secret really dirty one. Also, you really... <laughs> You really threw me there because she said RTC and I really like a rap duo called Run The Jewels who are referred to as RTJ. And I, I sort of like literally looked at the book while you were speaking and was like, what? Rosie Bennett Logan is chewing her horn again. <laughs> Rosie. She hasn't been doing that all day. And as soon as we start recording the podcast, she's like, I'm going to chew what? this noisy toy. What have we told you? And we know you were on the bed. She yes. was on the bed when we went out for lunch. That is an absolutely ridiculous amount of noise. <laughs> saddest look right now Rosie okay right. so why don't we need to talk about this cover I might have to take it away from her right Rosie give me that no sorry it's the I'm fault sorry. I love you Rosie of you the listeners it, of this podcast you can have it back later that that happened to you <laughs> oh, oh don't I'm lick me sorry okay shall we talk about the cover yes um it's rubbish boring it's like, I wouldn't pick that up based on the cover you could have done that so well so it's, um... Yeah, there's so many, like, little... Oops, that was Rosie, sorry. There's so many, like, little creepy set pieces in this book, and none of them are used. So, yeah, there's... We've got a sort of, like, the bottom third of the book is, uh, like, a frozen lake. Very flat frozen lake. Let me tell you, they don't freeze that flat, as you'll find oh, if you really? try and skate on them. They're very bumpy. Oh. Um, and there's a big hole in the ice. I don't think uh, I've ever been on a frozen lake. You haven't lived in Canada, my friend. I haven't. <laughs> I've been in a hole of a frozen lake and it was oh. very cold. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a hole. If we're talking being lewd. <laughs> I've, I've been, been in, in a frozen hole, my friend. <laughs> and, and yet you claim it's me. You start. Well, so there's a hole in the lake uh, and the water is green. Mm, okay. And there's two red ribbons in it. But it's just sort of shitly done, isn't it? It's like, just not good. That could have That could have been really good. And then the... Because I actually thought this was quite a good book, but the I enjoyed cover it. is not good. No, and the, um, what's the word? Title. <laughs> Sorry, I did an internal burp while I was failing to do that. The title! The title <laughs> is in sort of like, what is that? It's not even a font, is it? Like drippy. It's just like, drippy <laughs> they managed spike to not use font. a font there. Mm. Um, and it says skating on thin ice, which is fine. At least it doesn't contain death. Like all the other taglines, just have a random phrase and then put death. Skating on, it. on thin death. <laughs> Deathing death on thin ice. <laughs> Skating on death ice. Can I also just address the fact that we just had to pause <sighs> the podcast recording? Sometimes life is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> because there was a man selling fish door to door. <laughs> because it's it's 1952. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Actually, did you hear me speaking into the buzzer? Yeah, you went, I, what? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> no! Because because I picked up the buzzer thinking it would be someone delivering a parcel. And he was like, can I interest you in any fish? <laughs> That's why I went, what? Because <laughs> I literally was like, what is happening? That's not even a thing. Do you want some fish? <laughs> I think he's just nicked it. I don't know. Do I just fish? imagine he's got a fishing pole with a fish on the end of it. Who's home at half two well, on a Wednesday? Me. <laughs> Buying fish. Me. <laughs> I just felt like if I was like, mate, I don't want any fish. I'm recording my Point Horror podcast. That would be a sentence that no one has ever said in 
the history of the world. If you stay in long enough, does someone come around selling everything door to door? When does the cheese man come? I don't know. Does the ice cream man come? The fish man. It's so unspecific I, I was as a bit, well. I didn't mean to be so rude to the fish man. Because normally I would Please, quite like fishman. some fish. <laughs> Mr. Fishman. Mr. Fishman. Sebastian Fishman. Donald Fishman. <laughs> Actually, Donald's better. Because now he won't come back and I probably will want some fish next week. Get after him. I know. <laughs> Send Rosie I'm the sorry, maniac I was after recording him. recording my podcast. <laughs> We're talking about fail secrets. <sighs> anyway. Let's get back to <laughs> So sorry, it's so weird. That's the first time that's ever happened. He'll be going to your house next. Well, he'll find that there's no one there. And even if I was, I wouldn't be interested in any of his fish. He didn't oh. even say that what type. No, just some fish. <laughs> that is the weirdest I thing. to eat rather than to have as a pet, although he didn't specify. Maybe fish is drug slang <gasps> for, like, coke. I don't know any drug slang. No, so. I certainly don't know. Fish is a, it's like one of the Chris Morris ones. It'll be a new Clarky cat. Like bath salts. <laughs> Tomorrow in the paper, it'll be like, teens die of fish overdose. <laughs> fish epidemic in Southside. It will be. Door to door fish man. Fishman? Fishman. Oh, not this again. <laughs> door to doorman? I don't think I'll ever get over that. Anyway. We're going to have to get into this book. Okay. okay. Let's get started. Marissa McCauley and her sister Ryan, who confusingly is a female Ryan, mm. are in the snowy woods collecting some things to make garlands because it's Christmas. Aww. Aww. Well, it's not Christmas. It's coming up for Christmas. I, I don't well, know why yeah. I had to clarify that. You were looking at me so blankly, but you were just like, this is boring. Shut just, up. We understand how Advent works and the movement of time. Yes. Yeah, you know. It's not Christmas right now. <laughs> But it will be coming yeah. in, in an immediate future. It's soon. Okay. Quite soon, yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have two solid pages of, like, info dump of, as you know, <laughs> where it just conveys a lot of information to us. So we learn the following things in the next two pages. Marissa is at school where their stepdad Steve teaches. It's 30 minutes away. She drove back last night and a guy was tailgating her. They've never been in the North Woods before. Ryan works in a toy shop and her boss, Mr. Partini, is sweet and old. Almost none of this is relevant, and we could have found it out in the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I don't know why it all needs to get dumped in there. So we know where we're at? Who cares? Yeah, we don't need to. Okay. However, then they fall out, and they sort of separate. Oh, it's because they hear something spooky in the woods, <gasps> which is a real RTC thing. Something spooky in the woods. I think yes. all of her books have something spooky in the woods. She needs to get a new bit. A new woods. I also want to say that this book is dedicated to her parents on their 50th wedding anniversary, which is very cute and all, but it's quite a weird book to <laughs> dedicate mm. to your mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, RTC. Well, to be fair, I dedicated uh, one of my books to my brother, and in that one, the main character's brother dies. <laughs> Ah, wow. Which I didn't really think through. Very veiled threat. Just didn't didn't think it through. And they also called the Ross family. Yeah, that's Which is his name. But that was on purpose. The Ross child dies. Yeah. That is a threat. Baby Ross dies. (laughs) (laughs) So he lives in Canada, so it's hard for me to plot He's safe from you. He's safe. He he moved there specifically (laughs) to get out of my clutches. He lived here until the book came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) didn't. No, that was a total lie. <laughs> I'm not playing to kill him. If I was, I'm not doing very well. Because <laughs> I you... could have killed him when he was much younger. It is and that easier. would have made more sense. Yeah. Anyway, his girlfriend listens to this. So probably Yeah, because she did that. our brilliant logo. Yeah, hi Jean. Hi, it Jean. looks brilliant. We love it. Okay, so Marissa grabs Ryan and says, I'm in serious trouble, but I can't tell you what it is for some reason. You could have just said, though. Um, and she says, quote, I never thought he'd do something like this. He might suspect something. Sooner or later, I'll have to tell him the truth. Which, knowing how it ends... I don't know who that really refers to. <laughs> tell him what truth? Who? Who? Which of them? Because <laughs> you're like, ooh, mysterious. I'll find out what that means. No. We've read the whole book and we don't know what that means, so... <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe we'll figure it out this time. Also, you could have just said... I feel like quite often in these types of things, you know, they're like, I have to tell you something meet me at so-and-so place and you're like the amount of time it took you to say that you could have just said what the thing was yeah like she could have just said at this point mm-hmm. what it was totally could have anyway. 
Um, but so then she, there'd be no book. Well, yeah. So she makes a bunch of like tediously vague statements. And then Ryan's annoyed and she storms off. But then Marissa screams. She's fallen through the ice into the lake. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I thought it was actually quite scary. Yeah, I thought it was quite scary. It was quite good because also what would you do? Because she really panics and like tries to pull her out of the water but actually she grabs her sleeve and like her jacket comes off and mm-hmm. she goes under the water. Oh, that happened in Aliens last night when I was watching it. <sighs> Don't grab someone's sleeve. Grab no. the hand. I think she tried. It is quite scary. I yeah. think there's a lot of actually like really creepy set pieces in here, like some good settings. Mm. I listened to a podcast. I think it might have been This American Life. Um, I feel like every time I say that on the podcast... <laughs> Um, and I had a story about a guy I might have mentioned this exact story actually so stop me if I have a guy whose dog fell in a frozen lake is this ringing any bells to you? anyway his dog he let his dog off the lead and she went on the ice and the ice broke and she went in and um, essentially like he couldn't get to her because the ice kept breaking so he was like trying to reach her and then she couldn't and then obviously um you start to freeze, so you can't. Your like mobility is really bad. Not freeze, but you start to go into shock, so yeah. you can't move. So he ended up getting in, and then like, cause he was so in love with his dog, and like managed to get her like under his arm and hoist him back up onto the thing. But then he couldn't get out. Oh God! And then he like, come on, dog, you help me now. Yeah, come on. They this never is do. Why I've saved so you. many times to show Rosie how to use the coffee machine, and she can't fucking do it. She not can't. Thumbs. She won't. <laughs> She's <laughs> lazy. She, she just refuses. <laughs> You'd be so no did, good. In he, an well, he must have been okay to tell the story. No, he was speaking from beyond the grave. <laughs> the dog was telling the story. Well, no, just like a random a runner went past, and he said a like random runner, random runner, not even one he knew, not a scheduled runner. <laughs> God, they're like buses, aren't they? <laughs> um, no, a runner came by, and apparently, like, he was so close to the path that it didn't really look like he was in any distress. <gasps> so he had to be, like, trying to use his last sort of bit of, like, strength to scream for the guy. And yeah, the guy ended up, like, helping to save him. But um, yeah, it sounded really scary That's about, scary. like, how quickly it can go into an emergency. And then you'll love this. Um, the interviewer was like, Oh, so what do you think you would do differently? And he was like, Well, Mum, I shouldn't have let the dog off the lead. Mm. And he was like, do you not think you shouldn't have got in the water? And he was like, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to live oh. if I just watched her die. And he like teared up, and he's like, she's my lifeline. And it's like, oh, oh. I was like, Kirsty, you'd be in fucking tears at this oh. point. But yeah. I don't know if I would risk my life to save Rosie. <gasps> Rosie, <laughs> things you say that, and then at the at the time you probably would because mm. you would be in a panic and you would just think, well, I can't just stand here and do nothing. And maybe in time if you had time to think it through you would be like no I would be more sensible than that but in the moment I don't think you would be yeah I think in the moment you would like run into the burning building or whatever because what are you going to do just stand there I was once in a situation where someone else's dogs had been poisoned and I was like shoving accidentally no on purpose oh what yeah I know three dogs that have been poisoned to death on purpose why it's a long story but this was in Malaysia but I ended up like putting my arm down this dog's throat to try and make it throw up Mm -hmm. and it was like fucking biting my arm and shit and that wasn't even my dog but you just can't when something's so vulnerable no you're like I'm I'm obviously gonna do something about this I don't know whether I'd have gone into freezing water for those dogs but it was Malaysia so that wasn't the issue Mm. Anyway, phew, scary because it's actually it a thing that could happen. And for once in these books, it's like an actual bad thing that happens. Yeah, I have not... to say, remember, remember we were pissed off at an RTC book before because it was a, the girl had gone missing, and they were all like, "She's been missing for three days. Get over it. She's and dead." She was just in a. She wasn't even dead. Yeah, she's just in a cave. Or Whereas something. I feel like this one is the opposite and actually has some quite realistic grief. Yeah, I, w- so I was going to talk about the grief. grief. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. We're not there yet, so we'll, we'll get there in a sec. So basically, Marissa does not manage to save... Oh, sorry, Ryan does not manage to save Marissa. And it's horrible. And, and like, it's horrible, and, and she sinks into the water. And she's like, no, Marissa, please, hang on, hang on. Oh, God, no. And that's like... And then she yeah. can see her, though, because it's ice. Although that doesn't, isn't how it works. You can't see through fucking ice. Still. But, yeah, really horrible. And she's like, her eyes and her mouth open, and she can just watch her going down. Oh, horrible. Oh, that is horrible. That is oh. horrible. So then we go to three weeks later. Um, Ryan's back at school, but she's, like, really unsettled. She feels like someone's watching her. Um, she talks to her friend Phoebe, whose entire personality is that she likes boys. Fair she enough. really has nothing <laughs> with that. Um Ryan's feeling really guilty and she's like grieving for her sister. She says that she thinks her mum wishes that she died instead. 
and the all her mum does is lock herself in Marissa's room. The mum's grief is really good. Yeah. It, is, it felt very real. It felt very realistic. Although we do have one of the traditional point horrors. You're going to make yourself crazy if you carry on like this. She's been dead like a week. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Just the one though. It is a bit like, get over it. She's dead. You've yeah. got to move on with your life. But generally, I think it's quite well done. Com- mm. At least compared to like the grief in other point horrors. Any other like, point horror. Yeah. yeah. They're all like, she's dead. It's done. Move on. Move on. Get what what do they do in the train? Go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Just do the exact same thing you did before when they were dying. It's fine. Please don't go shopping literally the day I die, unless it's for like a flower to go in my coffin or something. <laughs> or a train coffin clothes. for me. I've got grief to buy clothes. the. I won't need to leave the house because you can buy them online. Cool. Cool. I like to save money that way. <laughs> Good. Also, we learn that Phoebe, who is Ryan's friend, fancies Steve who is Ryan's stepdad, which is adjacent to fancying a stepbrother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say. It's adjacent to, but not as bad. Well, the equivalent is that Ryan has got a bit of a thing for Phoebe's brother. So not her stepbrother, but her best mate's brother, Mm -hmm. who is called Jimmy, a.k.a. Jinx. Jinx. Which I... I was a bit like, what a stupid name, but to be fair, it's not his real name. I really like him. Yeah quite fancy him yeah because here we go so he's one year younger than them he's tall he wears tattered jeans he's got messy hair i am so picturing trent from daria oh right yeah i That's thought who I picture. you were gonna say trent from nine inch nails no <laughs> in your weird goth men that you fancy i, I do also Cannon. fancy him he's really hot though yeah. i seen him live and it was one of the sexiest things ever he's a babe he really is mm-hmm. another twitter poll coming your way no we can all just agree who's who's the best Smart goth man. Everyone agrees that Dave Navarro is a fucking troll. <sighs> I'm so... I, I genuinely feel like this is a wind-up. It's like a <laughs> colour change dress. It's a massive gaslight. It's a nationwide gaslight on me. No. That he is hot, but everyone is pretending that he isn't. And everyone fancied Liam Neeson. Noted racist. Liam Neeson. What's wrong with us all? <laughs> What's wrong with our vaginas? If and you... Why do they swing towards that which they should not? If you want to see um, Neeson Wang... Uh, go on our Twitter feed because I someone sent us a gif of his penis. I do not want to see that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Who we... wants to see... No, I'm not even going to ask that. He was pretty pendulous. What? I mean, he, he, was, he was running. I just but... got 10% gayer. I'm, li- I'm literally 3,000% gay after this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so we fancy Jinx. Yeah. Um, we also meet Marissa's gorgeous ex, Winchester Stone, who I <laughs> oh, fuck me do fancy a little bit. Winchester Stone, I know he's he's, ga- he's like a romance novel character. He's Gaston, which I'll bring up later. No, he's he, he is he's nicer than Gaston. David's also Gaston, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> David is not Gaston. Oh, it's who he bases his entire personality on. Oh, we better not do that. I get sued. Winchester um, Stone. That's such I mean, a Danielle Steele character name, isn't it? That is silly, isn't it? Uh, let me tell you about Winchester Stone. It's f- so funny that you mentioned David because he's got black hair, he's shy, and he wears tight jeans. He's clearly a bottom. I was going to say, they one, what are you saying? And two, that is... <laughs> David's a bottom. <laughs> that is not at all what David looks like. No, just because, to me, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, bottom. And, then and that like, makes hey, you think of David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So... Then I just like to say I'm not agreeing. <laughs> I'm neither confirming nor denying. I'm absolutely refusing to take a stance on that comment. And I did not bring it up. In fact, I, didn't I disagree. Make the link until you mentioned David, and then I was like, oh yeah. Hmm. This is amazing because there's no way for me to confirm nor deny it because I'm either <laughs> confirming that he's one or the other. So, yeah, so you just I can't. just have to pretend that is how he's smooth like I'm a Kendall. I'm going to do all my arguments from now on. Just put someone in a position where they don't want to give either just answer. So <laughs> one thing. It's quite good, isn't it? It is genius. Yeah. I just requested a book from the library that's about how to um, argue with people who are incredibly difficult to argue with. I'm sure we've all been in this position on the internet. You are, someone demands that you respond to their points, but they don't really want you to respond to their points. So they demand facts, mm-hmm. but they don't really want facts. And if you give them facts, they'll just demand something else. I so wonder, this book is about like how you deal with that. I wonder why you're 
You know what? No particular reason. <laughs> Do you know what? I've been told by three partners that I am too good at arguing. That has been the exact phrase. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got a degree in it, mate. I did philosophy and English lit. <laughs> I actually feel the same. I am too uh, good at being emotionally manipulative. And it, um, I have to tamp it down. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't tamp down. Because I either. have had unhealthy relationships in the past and I am currently in a very healthy relationship, which I do not wish to fuck up in any way. So I have to tamp down my like urge towards being manipulative. Nice. I won't be less good at arguing. <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm always like, it's nothing to do with being right, being good at arguing. It's to do with being right, <laughs> which I am. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever had like a massive disagreement with you, so it hasn't really come up. Yeah. All I'm saying is beware. Yeah. I feel like when I go into discussing, not even debating, discussing things with you, like we both go in with like good intentions and willing to listen. So we never really like fall out about stuff. No. Well, not yet anyway. <laughs> when there's no podcast the following week, people will know it's happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when everything just goes silent. Teenage screen is no more and we're not saying why. <laughs> we'll never tell. So then, then we were at a point horror about it. Oh yeah. Weren't we going to do that before? We were like, someone was going to kill us. We are going to do an episode about someone trying to kill us. Did I dream that? Possibly. <laughs> so then, Phoebe walks Marissa to work at Partini's toy shop, remember? Oh my god. Which is in a clearly gentrified area, because let me tell you what is nearby. An art gallery, a bakery, a used bookshop, a coffee shop, and some antique shops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know That's a fancy is. area. I definitely can't afford a flat around there. But it's a bit dark, it's a bit cluttered, it's a bit creepy. I quite like this setting. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. Um, and then again, Ryan feels like she's being watched. Oh, I called her Marissa before. I meant Ryan. Um, she feels like she's being watched. And at the window, she sees a figure in a black ski mask. <gasps> and then in a hopelessly cliche filmic moment, a train whistles and she turns to look at the train and the figure has gone. That's good though. I mean... It is a massive cliche, but it's leaning in. I mean, yeah. I like it. It's, it's already, she's like, right, when this is made into a thriller starring Ashley Judd and one of the Baldwins, <laughs> <laughs> like the previous one, then this will be in the film. Fair enough. This scene. And then she goes to look at the dollhouse, which has a mirror in the kind of garden of the dollhouse, which represents a pond. The mirror is broken and a figure is drowning in it. <gasps> Yeah, that, that is good. That was a bit of a delayed reaction. Oh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking about it because it is really good. I like that. Mm. This little like diorama of trauma. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> it's like those, um, have you seen the little scenes that the, that, um, I've forgotten her name, a woman who like would make little like dollhouse versions of crime scenes and they're really amazing yes. and intricate. And do you remember what her name was? No. Okay. They're cool though. There's no fact content here in this it's yep. just the thing we both remember we just always vaguely remember things with no attached details <laughs> like i never remember my anybody's life. name or what year anything was <laughs> i just vaguely remember like a visual or the narrative of it <laughs> maybe it was that thing and the thing and the i can't remember who it was but i'm pretty sure this happened yeah about two episodes ago i said uh like a what was it like for jousting but not which is the most vague <laughs> can you believe i didn't know what you were talking about <laughs> Imagine. Can we talk about Mr. Partini? Yeah, I was just about to talk about him. Okay. Who I've named Mr. Italian Stereotype. <laughs> he's, Is he racist? He's Mario. Or, uh, you remember Rosa from Fireman Sam? No. Oh, she had the little kid. But she I was like... Fireman Sam. <laughs> what? Because I haven't got any children. When you were a child, Yeah, I don't Dick. remember watching Fireman Sam. <laughs> Seriously? Might have been slightly after my time. No. Yeah, I watched Postman Pat. Postman Pat. They are exactly the same time. Okay, I guess I never watched it. I was watching Postman Pat, all right? I was watching Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay? Back off. My dad loves Thomas the Tank Engine, but he calls him Thomas Tank, which is too much like the slang for a wank. Every time I'm like, do you not know? Oh, he knows. No, I don't know if he does. That's very innocent. He does never had sex. We always talk about your dad as he's like a child man. <laughs> <laughs> so like wide-eyed innocent. He just came out looking like he does now, which is a very old man. Because he's looked that old since he was 40. So in oh. my head, he was like that as a baby. 
do you know? I don't. Um, but anyway, Rosa was like a cod Italian woman. Like okay. proper cod Italian. Mr. Fishman. She, Mr. Her. Fishman brought Rosa around. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, he's like really a cross between Rosa and Mario in the best way. I loved it. I feel like everything he says is like, it's a pasta. I mean, am I going to do everything. it? Go on then. Am I going to oh, do the worst? Is it racist? Is, is it racist to do a cod Italian? They're not. A, it's a nationality. Well. It's a, it's a nationality stereotype. So if someone right. did like a really posh British accent, would you think, is that? No, here's the thing. Racism is a structure okay. in which we all live. And where, where are Italians? Where, where are Italian stereotypes on it? Well, we've read White Fragility, so we know that Italian did not used to be considered white. Well, that's very true. But I anyway. am not so much mocking okay. of the Italians. You're mocking it's like, the book. It's the Mario. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's the way that no Italian person is actually like this. No, the way he goes, I don't blame you, you're not worry, eh? <laughs> no worry, everything okay, now I get a new mirror. <laughs> you're like, fuck me. Like, you have to do this with your arms while you do it. Everything he says is like that. And I imagine he's got a really big moustache. Yeah. I imagine he's constantly holding a plate of spaghetti. He's Mario. Yeah. Guido Patini, you were too slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had the, the best time on my own reading this book. <laughs> did you have to read all his bits out loud? I did. <laughs> wow, we quite we quite enjoyed this one. So when he comes out, oh, sorry, can I being like, another? "Hey, Bella," she Go tells on. him about the guy at the window who she says was in a big fat coat, which is just a weird little bit of description. Yeah, is that fat phobia? He says... <laughs> She's not body shaming the coat. No, but he then does. Okay. Oh, well, he doesn't. It's, it's weird. He go, He says, I know see this big fat guy. Maybe he was fat with money. Maybe he come in some time and buy all my toys for his fat babies. You <laughs> like that far fat. too much. He's <laughs> fat with money and buys all my toys for his fat baby. I quite like that. It's like, what the fuck Although... Knowing, knowing the ending, like we should come back to that later because knowing the ending doesn't really make sense. Like, who is that at the window and why? I mean, the whole ending doesn't, it's so bizarre <laughs> compared to the yeah. rest of the book. Oh my god, I can't wait to get there. Okay, so when he comes out, she explains what's happened and the mirror is still broken, but there, there's no doll there. So then she leaves work and Winchester Stone runs her over with his car. <laughs> That's cool. so Winchester Stone. <laughs> Isn't it just? Uh, she's fine though. Um, also, we now learn that they never found Marissa's body. You know what that means? Someone's mummified her body. No, I'm kidding. I bet they would find if you're in a frozen lake. Well, I know, but she's you, only going to have gone down. Usually isn't she? in these books, it means that they're not really dead. Yeah, but I just think that's a, I just think that's not realistic. Go and lie down, Rosie. <laughs> you're saying that to me then go, go lie down. down Heather you've had enough you've had enough you with your rest. cod Italian you've accent you've had too doing. much fun with Mr Partini I am on the verge of laughing like I'm that, very, still I do a very school, a stern school mommy voice so I'll try not to do that so then she goes home um, her mum is a total wreck like understandably and her mum thinks that Marissa is still alive which I was like Oof, yeah it's really it's sad isn't dark. it yeah yeah, the whole, gr- like, her mum, like, she's just a sort of broken woman mm-hmm. in a good way. Like, in a, not in a good way, in a well-done way. In a way. realistic way, yeah. yeah. So then, good way. the doorbell goes. <gasps> it's a stranger. Oh. He's called Charles Eastman. He's got his arms full of gifts. Eastman. From Marissa. <laughs> Charles Fishman. Arms full of gifts from Marissa. And he says, you're the one who let her drown. Because he's British? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's just my accent, okay? Oh, yeah, no, he does. He sort of whispers it, doesn't he? You're the one like, who let her drown. Oh, hi! Yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. Uh, he says that he was Marissa's boyfriend, although she never mentioned him. But we're led to believe Marissa had a few. Yes. Good for you, Marissa. You get that, D. They went antique hunting. <sighs> Boring. And apparently Marissa bought them all gifts and then left them at his house, so he's brought them over. Um, Ryan hates him instantly, not surprisingly, because he said you're the one who let her drown um and so she's like fuck this and she goes to phoebe's house she has a moment with jinx (gasps) 
wouldn't we all like a moment with Jinx? <laughs> I definitely would have fancied him as a teenager. Yeah, you would have. Um, so then she eats a ham sandwich and does her homework. Okay. Um, she tells Jinx about Charles and then he sort of gaslights her. Which Jinx? Is, yeah, he's kind of like, oh, it's nothing. Because yeah. she's like, he said you let her drown. And he's like, oh, he, put, he didn't say that. He must have said something else. I don't think that's gaslighting. Mm. That's just doubt. I suppose. If, if you, you if you came to me and said yeah. someone said that, I'd be like, you know what, you probably just misheard it. Like because the assumption is that people wouldn't be like that. Yeah, that's true. You'd be like, no one would fucking say that they to you. That's say really that. cool. Why would they say that? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, Let's not say anything bad about Jinx. You want Jinx. <laughs> I just think he's a nice guy. Can you pass me the book because I want to read a bit? Yes. Um and also like her mum loves this East man. <laughs> Doesn't like she just immediately she is does. like Oh my god, yes, please come in. And that's quite sad as well because you're like you don't know him he's just the link to your dead daughter yeah which is sad yeah that is sad also i think this bit is sad because jinx says um how come you never drive marissa's car and she said and she says you know why it's part of the shrine sacred can't be touched and he says so touch it what's your mum gonna do ryan considered a moment cry mope sulk i hate it there jinx it's like a funeral home yeah that's really sad it's sad like she can't even drive her car because it's like special yeah Oh, and there's no yeah. end point to that, is there? You don't know when no. someone's going to decide that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Or if they ever will. Yeah, very sad. Yeah. Um, also, we now have the classic RTC love triangle. So let's think about Teacher's Pet. We have got the sinister posho, Pierce. In this book, it's Charles. Oh, yeah. We've got the brother figure, which was Denzel. And this one is Jinx. And then we have Daddy. <laughs> who in Teacher's Pet was Gideon, and in this one is Winchester, who's a sort of capable older man who's, like, woodsy. Is he older? Outdoorsy. He seems older, but he's, like, very capable. He's, like, can do, can chop wood. There is a bit where he chops wood. Clearly, RTC thinks men chopping wood is really sexy. It is. Because do you remember Gideon did that, and now Winchester's doing it? It is quite hot. It is quite hot. Is um, Daddy not Steve? No, but she there's no suggestion that Ryan is interested in Steve. Oh, no, that's a good point, yeah. She's, okay. it, her choices are definitely Charles, Jinx, or Winchester. Yes, okay. Even saying those names out loud, I'm like... <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Charles Eastman. Stupid name. <laughs> Winchester. Oh, but gross. Okay, so Ryan goes home and undresses, and Charles is spying on her. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking creep. Um, it turns out that her... Her, <laughs> her mum asked him to stay for Christmas because he hasn't got anywhere to go. Yeah, and he was going to check into a motel nearby. Yeah. What's where, Where's his family? Dead. They live far away. Okay. Um, and then he touches Ryan's face like a creep. <laughs> I hate him. Um, so she talks to Steve about it, who like seems pretty decent, and he says, "Well, it's not my house, so I can't make Charles leave." Good point. You can't. Yeah. Um, he kind of says like, "It's up to your mum to." deal with it yourself um then jinx and ryan have like kind of cute banter um he says i have mystique and she says more like mistake <laughs> i mean i think their banter is really cute can you They're pass me the book yes because uh, i also mm-hmm. think that the dialogue is really good in this book yeah it is um, actually and kind of not just for a point horror either which is the usual scale yeah <laughs> which i'm going <laughs> on everything yeah point horror scale is different than like actual book scale yeah but this is like good bants i think if so. you will like, she says, there's a guy at my house, so what do you do, kidnap him? You're going to have to think up new ways to get a date, Macaulay. You know what I mean? It's sort yeah. of like, you know, like, a brother of a friend of yours who you have that relationship with when you're a kid as well, or, like, maybe your cousin or someone, you know what I mean? Someone's mm. boyfriend or something, where you just sort of, like, have a go at each other, but in a sort of nice way. Yeah. And I also really like this bit. So Steve's um, been away, hasn't he? Yeah, Steve works at going away for work. He yeah, works at the uni at the where Marissa went. Yeah, um, and so he comes back, and Ryan uh, is very angry at her mum for letting Charles stay. And she's like, "How could you? I can't believe this." Mrs. Macaulay dropped her purse on the counter, but didn't turn around right away. Ryan, I don't think I need to explain myself to you. I'm still the head of this house. Welcome home, Steve. Steve said with false brightness behind her. Gosh, Steve, it sure wasn't the same without you gone. Come on, ladies, it's too late for an argument tonight. Okay. Steve, do something. Can't you make her listen? It's not his decision to make, Mrs. McCauley said. I want Charles to stay. Um, have a nice trip, Steve. Hey, I sure did. And thanks for asking. <laughs> it's like, that's actually it's quite, quite good. It's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like this is definitely 
I feel like this was one of the first RTCs and then she just tried to like recreate the formula over and over and like failed. Do you reckon it was this the first is a good one? one? Well, it's 92, which is quite early for a point horror. Well, um, Help Wanted was is quite soon after. That's true. That's really different though. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that one, but that's a really different one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, just my theory because I think this is quite a good one. Um, but then... So then she is Ryan is home alone and she hears a car horn blaring and she goes out into the garage and it's Marissa's car mm. and there's someone in the front seat, a blonde person with ribbons in their hair like Marissa used to have. And then um the car starts and the figure sits up and then the lights go out. That is quite creepy. It is fucking creepy it immediately made me think of that bit in silence of the lambs with the head in, in the jar in the car <gasps> when they were like there's some and they said the head i was like oh my god it's the blonde head in a jar it wasn't horrible it wasn't. and also like i won't reveal who it is but marissa is actually dead so then i'm like so the person that we eventually find out who it is are they in the car with a wig on or is she just imagining this oh yeah I th- I sort of just thought she was imagining it. It seems but I like don't... she might be, just be like grieving and imagining things. Yeah, there's a lot of it where you don't really... It's left ambiguous. Yeah. And I think that's on purpose rather than it being shit writing. Yeah. For once. <laughs> I agree. So anyway, the, the next thing she knows, Charles is waking her up and he says, Oh, you fainted. But Steve says the bump on her head looks more like someone hit her. <gasps> and he's cut off Da-da-da. when he starts saying that. Yeah, right? Because she like falls out of the garage, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. So then she goes out caroling with Phoebe and Charles, and he says, I like to think I'm not like other guys. Oh. At which point I was like, fuck off, Charles. Other guys are fine. Well, they're not. <laughs> also, if anyone ever says they're not like other X thing, d- just be distrustful of them. Yeah, it's not, not cool. Not cool. So then at the party, he gives her a hot cider, but it's drugged. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then Charles drives her home, which I'm like, but he gave you the drink. Do not go home. If you've been drugged, do not go home with the person who gave you the drink. But she doesn't know that she's been drugged at this point. She just feels weird. Well, I know, but even still. And also, cider isn't alcoholic there, is it, in America? When they say hot cider, it's apple cider. Like, oh. it's, it's like, not a booze. Well, Because they call it hard cider when it's oh, booze. Oh, really? Apparently, one of the most common ways to, like, drug someone is not to give them an actual drug, but to, like, put more alcohol in something than they think is going to be there right so you would like if they want a beer or whatever you would like put vodka in the beer or like if they ask for a drink you would put like three or four shots into the drink to get them drunk to get them drunk right okay so they think i can't be drunk i've only had a certain number of drinks but actually they've had a lot more they're shit-faced yeah Yeah. which is like means you don't have to like buy anything to apparently that's really common oh right okay just in case that's going to be of use to someone (laughs) you never know surely you'd taste it though (laughs) Well, I don't know if, if you've already me a... had a few drinks. I don't well, know if you yeah. would notice. If someone gave me a beer with Everybody vodka Everybody knows it. the technique that you save the cheap alcohol for later in the night mm-hmm. when you're already pissed and can't really tell the difference. Yep. So if you're already a little bit pissed, that would really tip you over the edge. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just thought happened to me before. I'd been, when I was much younger, I was like in a club and I was like, oh, I've had enough to drink now. And a guy asked to buy me a drink. And I said, yeah, I'll just have like an orange juice or whatever. And it had alcohol in it. <gasps> I just put it aside and was like, no, that's not what I said. You'd be the hardest person to drug. <laughs> Why? Because you just don't take any shit. And you don't do anything out of politeness either. So no. you'd be like, no, thank you. I don't want it. Well, it, it's not even that I would like throw it in his face. I would just kind of subtly put it down mm. and walk away. Like, I wouldn't make a big fuss about it. I would well, that be, be like, like no. oh, it's just, he's just being nice. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. Um, so then they're driving home and he swerves. He's like, there's a dog there. And... Because he swerved, he's, I don't know why he said it in such a camp way there, but there you go. <laughs> and then he's broken the hubcap. Ryan gets out of the back of the van to help the dog, but she's like been, uh, I don't know if she's been drugged or like given alcohol. It's not really clear. She's like, doggy, come here. Come here, doggy. <laughs> oh, Rosie she... will come over. <laughs> That's my drunk voice. That's how I talk when come I'm Come here, doggy. Yeah. Doggy. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. You're like part, like, um, Royston Vasey character like <laughs> legal gentleman and half just like generic Essex that's who I become when I'm drunk Dougie, Dougie. <laughs> so that's what she does and he drives away and leaves her in the snow yeah and she hears a voice calling 
Ryan, why did you let me drown? That's a dog. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. That's a really good name to say if you're a dog. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Maybe that's what she's trying to do every time I ring the doorbell and she barks. Oh. She's trying to get Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan from this book. <laughs> Maybe. So then Ryan wakes up in Winchester's literal log cabin that he lives He's in. He's Gaston! <laughs> Come on! That does I'm not doing a rhyme. He doesn't sing a song or lift a bench up with one arm, though. He does when we're not looking, I bet. Oh, do you think? Chinky did that and that's why she woke up. Also, fucking listen to this. Um, Come sit by the fire, he said quietly. He wiped her tears with one corner of the blanket. Pull Aww. these tight around you. I'll carry you. David Bloomfield slash Gaston. Before she, could, before she could protest, Ryan felt herself being lifted into his arms, being carried across the floor as if she were weightless. Winchester, we could have put some fat phobia in there, couldn't we? Or some comment about her being skinny. No, I just think he's strong. Mm. Winchester lowered he's her a gently. Man's man. <laughs> gently at a <her> bottom. <laughs> Winchester. Yeah, I've already said that with his tight jeans. Winchester lowered her gently into the. I imagine the... him in his tight jeans being like, oh. Oh no! I'm just, I'll just pick up the phone. Oh, I was chopping, <laughs> I was chopping wood so hard, my jeans burst. Just gonna lay down on this bearskin rug. Um, Winchester lowered her gently onto the rug beside the hearth and put pillows at her back. Are you comfortable? He took the covers around Why her once more. Why are you doing more. a porn voice? <laughs> because it's come on, it's like a proper porn setup. Uh, he, he nodded, stretched out on his side, crossing his long legs. <laughs> stretched out on his side, crossing his legs. So I'm. Bizarre. <laughs> That's impossible. I guess, like with his um head on his arm. But like, know. and then crossed your legs. I <laughs> Didn't pick that up. That's before. like in that workout video that we both do. There's this one move. I'm like, how does she do that? Like a body cannot do that. What are you doing? Which one is it? The one that's like, you like. The what's this twerk? No, actually, like, maybe you haven't do done that. this one. It's a different one where you like lie on your side and then you have got your knees on the ground, but then you like lift your feet and the top half of your body. And I'm like, my body literally does I have not a spine. do that. Like, yeah. it doesn't do that. Yeah, I get that sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, that's very much like Gaston's cabin, isn't it? That's true. That's There's true. There's probably a little like button nosed Frenchman who's like secretly gay for Gaston nearby. And that maybe, just, maybe so. Well, I feel like he's he's just like a romance novel hero because he's got a dog. His dog came home hurt and so he went out to check for an accident and that's how he found Ryan. Um, his dad owns a garage and he works late as mum's dead. And so he looks after his many siblings. Oh, yeah, there's like a troop Dozens of, of children <laughs> yeah. that he looks after, like little adorable moppets everywhere. <laughs> So the next morning, he, he arrives after chopping wood in his tight jeans and he shakes his hair out of his eyes. I mean, I like, think I've just come. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a romance novel character. I mean, yeah. That would totally get me. Everyone's vaginas just open like, yeah. I, in some ways, I think, no, oh, no, I don't like, you know, you sort of standard mainstreamy people. Like, you know, I like this and blah, blah. And then other times I'm like, I am such a fucking, like, that would probably floor me. I always think that. I'm like, no, you know, I don't, I don't like these stereotypical men. And then I look at Carl Drogo and I'm like, oh, oh my God, you're <laughs> so gorgeous. I think it's like a hormonal thing. It's like, it I, is, it's your lizard brain. Yeah. That like, wants I that. really don't want kids. Right. And that has been my opinion all of my life. And I only get more entrenched in that opinion the older I get. See if David picks up a newborn child or someone else's baby. I'm like, just impregnate me immediately, please. Yeah. Like, all of part of me is just like, let that man put a baby in you. <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. But then as soon as he does, you'll be like, damn it. And then, yeah, no, and then it vomits. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I've changed my mind. No, I've, wait, sorry, I've remembered what they're like. Apparently that's quite common when you go into labour. You're like, uh, I've changed my mind. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. My friend um, is a doctor and she says there's a moment just before the baby's like crowning where literally all women go, no, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. They're like, well, you are now. You kind of have so to now. deal with that. Yep. You already tipped over the hill. You've got to ski down it now. <laughs> yeah. We can't push it back in. Yeah. So. so anyway, speaking of that, um, she meets all his little Muppet siblings and then she meets Winchester's dad who's basically like, well, hello there, little lady. Little lady. Like, that's how he talks. All of the dialogue of the male characters in this is very bad. So bad. Like, 
Yeah, he's like he's a cowboy basically. Pretty also, little thing. I imagine him as like a cheese string with a cowboy hound. I imagine oh, him. Jeez. <laughs> 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 I'm imagining you know his like inflatable. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm imagining. I was imagining him as. Do you watch The Good Fight? No. No. Well, never mind. You know I don't know. Diane's Culture. boyfriend, husband. It's <laughs> good. I think you would like it. Um, I feel like it's one of the smartest shows on TV that's just like quietly writing really good episodes that no one seems to be watching. Oh, okay. But there you go. Um, and also he says, um, I'm pretty sure you were drunk and crashed your car, even though she's like, I definitely was not. He doesn't believe her. He's like, I'm going to go and look for your car anyway, just in case. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Like, if... I would be like, I'm just going to go and check there's not a broken car outside <laughs> in case something happened to you and you've just forgotten it. Okay. I'll, there's no harm in checking. It's fine. It's fine. So then back at home, um, Ryan finds a gift to her on Marissa's bed. It's the necklace she was wearing when she died. <gasps> and um, Charles is like, oh, it's exactly the same necklace, which I'm like, really? Was it custom made? Yeah. Or could it just be the same style of necklace? Also. Like, from the same shop. I probably wouldn't notice what necklace a person was wearing. Sometimes on yours, because they're good. But you probably wouldn't remember on, like, a specific day. No. Well, like, if you went missing wearing that exact cardigan, I might see another cardigan and be like, oh, similar. But then if someone said, but is it the exact same one? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I even own a similar cardigan because I just buy new versions of the clothes that I've had before, <laughs> which is why I always look the fucking same. But yeah, it could cardigan. be confusing. Thanks, mate. Um... Anyway, oh, she also finds an undeveloped film in her bag that Marissa gave her, which is like a plot point which keeps keeps getting like picked up and dropped again. Yeah. So, okay, fine. And then Jinx has a nap and she like perves on him quite openly. Mm. Get it. And then her and Phoebe go for coffee. Phoebe wants Ryan to go to the dance with Charles. I mean, can I, actually... I feel like your priorities are a bit off, Phoebe. Can I also just do a hard relate to the sleep perving thing? Because uh, my... Do I want to hear the next part of this? <laughs> Yeah, it's going to sound bad when I start speaking, but it's not what you think. So my brother is a rock climber and we, when I lived at home, lived near, not a million miles of your face right what now. What the fuck are you going to tell me? No, no, it's not him. I'm not a RTC <laughs> character. Uh, we lived not far away from like some of the best outdoor rock climbing in the country. So often his friends at uni would come back for the weekend with him and they'd stay at the house so they could go climbing all weekend. And we had um, a sofa bed, but in like the main room that the stairs went oh, yeah. down into. And there were all just these rock climbing dudes. And there was one who just had curly hair. At the top of the stairs just wanking at them. <laughs> <laughs> essentially what it was. You know how I feel about curly haired people. <laughs> and they would be like topless, like in their like little shorts. And they would have like thrown off the sheets because it would be like summer or something. And I'd have to go down there. And I'd just be like, oh, you oh have my... To. God. You'd be like, I need, I need a glass of water. <laughs> oh, I spilled my water. Better go get some more. <laughs> I would have been like 13, 14 at this period, and they would have all been like 20. So it was the best time. <laughs> just uh, now, I'm imagining you like standing beside the couch, just like rubbing your legs, like yeah. Oh, I left my books downstairs. Oh my god, sorry. Now I meant the other book. No, I just gotta go and get a biscuit. <laughs> oh, I dropped my biscuit. Better go and get another one. I think I'm sleeping down here now, actually. No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> haunted dave because i felt something on me in the night oh no that's just my pervert <laughs> touching you <laughs> pretend she's not there they were so muscly <laughs> it's ridiculous waking up with you just like reaching out for them excuse me i was just getting a biscuit <laughs> getting a beefsteak <laughs> oh god <sorry>. anyway <sighs> they go outside the cafe someone has slashed their tires uh-oh. That happens in every book. I know. I know. Anyway, Jinx, uh, it was Jinx's car, so he grasses her her up to their dad. And that means Phoebe can't go to the dance. She's really upset. They have an argument. And then Phoebe shouts out that he's fancied Ryan his whole life. That's and has such a, a box of photos of her. That's such a proper bit, isn't it? That would so happen in real yeah. life. Oh, he's like, so good. He's so embarrassed. But I also like that Ryan is quite embarrassed for Jinx and tries to like cover it up yeah like oh come on that's stupid phoebe that never happened he doesn't have that also we have like a bunch of stuff around this time it's just kind of set up and immediately dropped like um 
the phone wasn't working when she was at Winchester's, but then his dad said the phone was working, but then he's like, yeah, the kids were messing around with it. Great. I like him. He won't get involved in any melodrama. He's just like, no, I don't know, no, probably was fine then. And then there's this whole big mystery of like, but does Charles even go to that school? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's... So you're like, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so then she finds Charles in her room with a knife, <gasps> trying to open the desk drawer. Oh, mm-hmm. why? He says... He's trying to get in the sex drawer. I mean... Maybe. Was that what you keep them in the desk? No, in my desk, okay. but, you know. No. <laughs> they're not part of work, they're part of come play. On. Yeah, come on. He no, says, that's a different delineation of the house. <laughs> different day. So he says he worked on the school paper with Marissa and she uncovered a scandal. <gasps> scandal! They're all really convinced that this necklace is important, but I'm like, why can it not just be from the Any same necklace? shop? Yeah. Like, come anyway, on. whatever. Um, and then they are like, oh, we have to develop these photos immediately. Um, but instead they go to sleep and then to the toy yeah, shop hard relate. the next day. <laughs> I really must. Nah. I really must. Nah. Nah, Maybe I'll go to sleep. Go so then, I love this bit. Like, when this will be made into a film. I mean, let's be real. It's not going to get made into a film. But here's what happens. So she's at the toy shop by herself. And then, in the deathly quiet... The train started up, slowly at first, then faster, faster, little engines chugging, tiny whistles blowing around and around. From some forgotten corner, a baby doll cried in a tinny, mournful wail, Mama, Mama. <laughs> That's so creepy. The mechanical Santa Claus burst into insane laughter. <laughs> Ryan could see the wild eyes of the carousel horses, nostrils flaring. My God, they're alive, they're moving, I can't get out. I mean, come on. That's great. That's brilliant. <laughs> Nostrils flaring. Mad, mad. <laughs> I did the wrong laugh. It should have been ho, 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 ho. That would have been there. No, it needs to be more, more mad, more manic. <laughs> again, again. No. Insane, more insane. Like you're a murderer. He's <laughs> still Santa. <laughs> great this can go on our cd of laugh sounds laughing like wind chimes laughing like insane santa that's gonna make us our millions <laughs> can i tell you my santa fact from this week go on then santa is the patron saint of prostitutes wow yeah does he bring gifts um he there's some bullshit about <laughs> sorry sorry if you're catholic or whatever this is from um it's that some I can't remember exactly. Some This is so us. <laughs> we vaguely remember the thing, but not really. I'll get there. Wait, it's in there somewhere. I think it's someone was selling his three daughters to someone else, to a man, for money. And they were supposed to have sex with him and lose their virginity. But Santa came and gave them money oh. instead. Down a chimney, which is where that came from, I think. Oh, very. This is probably phallic. so wrong, <laughs> but something like that. Anyway, Santa. There'll be a Santa. Friend to the sex worker. Uh, I was gonna say a Santa prostitute. That's not right. The Santa scholar will be listening to this, being like, "No, no, not at wrong. all. That's not it." But yeah, do ring in. Ring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can give him my phone number. Ring in. Don't ring me. I don't answer my phone. Fax. Fax us. <laughs> Come over with some fish. Apparently, <laughs> that's how you get access here. Um, anyway. Let's get back to Ryan. So she's panicking in this toy shop with all the mad toys. She smashes the glass door. She runs out in a panic covered in blood and she runs into Jinx. But now they all think that she's tried to kill herself. That's so well done. It is. Because they say things like, her mum says, why did you do it? And she says, I had to get out. No one was helping me. And no obviously one she means me. like get out of the shop, but mm. they're like out of life. Yeah, it's really yeah. well it's because like no one will say to her you try to kill yourself because of course you'd yeah. try to avoid that wouldn't you um yeah i thought that was really well done and she just keeps saying like no i had to i had to do something i had to do something and they're all like oh god yeah yeah so no no one believes her about anything because they think that she's like having a breakdown is this the only point horror book that actually treats mental health quite well well was i not in the perfume well was it good there was some stuff about that in the perfume that they keep saying to her, like, you're not well, you need to go and speak to someone. Like, you need to go to a doctor. Mm. I can't remember, that was ages so, ago. Yeah. I've read about fucking 30 books since then. <laughs> yeah. So then she remembers about the photos and she calls the chemist to find out about them. Um, but they say, oh, a guy picked them up, mm. Ryan Macaulay. Oh, She's that's like, why. I'm Ryan Macaulay. Oh, damn it. So who was it? Mm. Well, 
Um, the phone goes, it's the police. They want her to ID a body like out in the middle of nowhere that they say might be Marissa. And then Jinx calls and so she tells him that that's what she's doing and he's worried and he's like, no, why wouldn't it be at the morgue? But she's already gone. Jinx is smart. Yeah. He knows what's going on. I know. So we're nearly at the climax of the story. She, not surprisingly, she drives out into the middle of nowhere and it's not the police. <laughs> it is the killer. So who do you think it is? Well, I know. Well, you know. Why am I asking you? It's Charles and Steve and Mr. Partini and, and Winchester. Winchester. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow. <laughs> I could not have guessed. All of them <laughs> are in on it. They've it's... got a massive drug ring. God, <laughs> drug ring! It's so weird. And they deliver the drugs in Mr. Partini's toys. Genius! It's so. It's good. so genius. It's like how she was like, how could I make it so no one will guess? I'll make it every character. To be fair, I did not guess <laughs> because when it's because first it's revealed that it's Charles, and you're like, yeah, I knew it was Charles. But then the rest all come out and you're like, what? <laughs> and you're also like, who else is in there? <laughs> but that's it. It's just them. Yeah. It's really good of them all to explain exactly what is going on and what right. happened before they kill her. Like, that's really nice of them. Yeah. Also, I've got to read this bit out. <clears throat> I tried to keep you out of it. The toys. <laughs> you wanted to deliver. I was saying no. You never found out they had the you cocaine. You so loud when you do that. Oh, God. <laughs> you never find out they had the cocaine. Cocaine. In <laughs> You and me, we stay good friends. <laughs> what is going on? Why is Mario a drug Mr. dealer? Mario. Mr. Partini is Walter White. <laughs> Mario White. Also, I'm like... Was it even snowy outside or was that just all cocaine? <laughs> so much cocaine. <laughs> I love the idea that like this old Italian toy maker and this lecturer and two random boys <laughs> just like running this insane drug ring. Also, we've never talked about drugs in a point horror. It's like taboo. We, we've talked a little bit about weed maybe mm. in like one of the... In the Christopher Pikes, yeah. there's a bit of drugs. But they've come straight in with cocaine. That's, whew, that's a lot, isn't it? But then it's nice, the visual of, like, because it's always snowy through the whole book. Mm. That's a pretty nice visual. It's so funny, though, like... So then they throw Ryan into a hole with Jinx, who came to rescue her. <gasps> Sexy Jinx. The only man who's not a drug dealer in the entire world, apparently. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so then it turns out Winchester... He is involved, but now he's worried for Ryan, and he only got into it because they threatened his family. Oh, well, he that's didn't a good mean hour, isn't to it? do it. And so he rescues them, and then there's a shootout. The barn is on fire <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> so much, and it becomes like full on diehard at this point because also Charles becomes a cartoon villain, and he says, just before he shoots Ryan, he goes, "Merry Christmas, Ryan." <laughs> Bang, bang, bang. I've just realised why they're all so over the top. Because they're coked out of their faces. That's why they're all so ridiculous. That makes sense. Also, the, the whole fire bit, you know, I imagine coke is really flammable. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I it's know. chemicals, isn't it? I guess. Anyway, that all happens, but they get away. It's like having a place completely filled with paper or old film reels. Incredibly flammable. <gasps> yeah. Because of all the chemicals and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm mainly taking this information from that Tarantino movie. What? Where they set the cinema on fire because of all the rolls of film. I haven't seen that. It's quite good. I don't like Tarantino. It's quite good though. So then, Steve is dead. Winchester is testifying against oh, against Steve and Mr. Partini, but he's dead. I guess just against Mr. Partini then. Um, Jinx has a scar on his face and also Ooh. saved Ryan, so she fancies him now. And she asks him to the dance. The end. It's the first couple I've actually wanted to be together. Yeah, they're in actually cute. I feel like yeah. um, Jinx, he sounds quite hot. Also, he obviously really likes Ryan. He believes her and listens to her. Mm -hmm. He goes to help her. He like sort of takes the piss out of her. But when it's clear that she's actually upset, he stops taking the piss and is actually like nice to her. Yeah. He's not shithead Steve. No. Who says this? 
because they're all like, you, you know, what about mum? And he's like, I am thinking of her. I'm thinking what a wonderful life we'll all have with all that money. Her being so destroyed by the untimely deaths of her two daughters that she'll be the perfect little wife. Always do what I say, always depend on me and please me so I don't leave her. Oh, it's such patriarchy bullshit. Yeah, and it? he's been such a nice guy up until this point. Ugh. And you're like, oh, Steve. Gross. Ugh. Ugh. That is rank. Um, okay, there wasn't really any 90s and like not really any fashion. No. Um, we have got, for stupid names, Winchester Stone. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, queer subtext. When we first meet Jinx, he's described as having an earring and fuchsia shoelaces. So right away I was like, baby gay. Ah, uh, yeah. But I like to think that they're a couple, but he's also like a budding queer. Yeah. Maybe they can explore that together. He's a budding bi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, American things. Right. So Phoebe can't drive her own car, so she takes Jinx's car. So am I to understand that Phoebe, Jinx, her dad and her mum all have cars? Four cars for one house? Yeah, probably. That's crazy. Yeah. Cars are really cheap That's in America. absolutely crazy. Having just been to America, it's one of the few things that remain cheap. Petrol wow. and cars. I mean, we grew up, we had one car, and then sometimes if my mum or dad had a job that had a company car, we would have two. But usually one. We had two because we needed them. <laughs> I bet people who have four cars say they need them. <laughs> no, but like my mum and dad both had to drive to work, mm. and they were in very different places. But my mum had like the worst old polo that wouldn't start. A polo mint. And then it was so bad, she really wanted a new car for Christmas. And his dad and my dad got her jump leads. Oh my god. That was the worst Christmas. I hope she hit him with them. <laughs> I think they would actually What kill him. a dick. Yeah. <sighs> that was a bold move. She if got... you ever want to shag ever again. <laughs> she... I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. She got a diamond ring the next Christmas, let oh, me tell you. Sorry. She, Maybe that was her plan all along. She's got everything she wanted from that Christmas on. Well. <laughs> oh my god. Such a dick move. It really was. Hilarious, but. <laughs> so, do we have a too stupid to live heroine? No. No, I don't think she's stupid. I think at she's all, good. Actually. I, I think like she's her. good as well. She really... feels like a kind of a real person. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. No sexy. Well, Charles. He's not sexy. I don't know if meant to think he's, just... he's sexy, though. No. And Winchester. Like, I guess he's the bad he's boy. He's not really a baddie. Like, mm. it, he just got sort of dragged into it. I suppose. Um, Death Toll one. Well, no Steve. So Marissa and Steve. Yep. Uh, is it good, though? I really think it is. I think it's good. I think it's actually probably my favourite. Favourite? <laughs> my favourite. Oh, hey. <laughs> Definitely this season. Maybe even overall. More than CBC. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I thought the dialogue was... Oh, I don't... Yeah, different... Mm, it's See, hard to the say. The thing is, it's hard for me to say because I really like the vibe of it. So I love, like, wintry stuff. Yeah. I love the fact it was, like, all snowy and it's always talking about, like, the smell of the snow and the wood smoke and the pine trees and that's so my jam. It's and, like, good. I like the toy shop setting. Yeah, it's got good image systems. Mm -hmm. It's sort of classic in a lot of ways with its themes and its set pieces. But then it's obviously fucking ridiculous at the end as well. And I mean, yeah, but that was part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the grief felt real as well. I'm going to give it five. Yeah. Would read again. Yeah, I liked it as well, actually. Like, I today. would give it five as well. <gasps> so, RTC has been really uneven. This is definitely her best. Oh, yeah, by a fucking country yeah. mile. I'm going to go for five as well. I thought okay. it was really good. Uh, is it good bad? I mean, kind of. It's like, ridiculous. The ending They're cocaine and, dealers. Like, the toy shop bit. <laughs> It's kind of, so I would say like three maybe. Mm, yeah, three. Okay, but it is it's not good, bad enough to be four, good. probably. But let me just note down that we said five and four. No, three. Three. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I would recommend this. I would read it again. It was really fun. It was good fun. Like even if it wasn't a point horror and it was just like a kind of a fun thriller, still good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. What are we doing next week? <gasps> We're doing the invitation, invitation by Diane Ho. Mm, now she's another one that's been pretty uneven. Hit and miss, yeah, very hit and miss. So, Although mostly bad. So what? Because <laughs> again, we're getting used to the hoisms, aren't we? Loads and loads of characters. Excessive number of characters. <sighs> Far too many characters. Uh, they're going to carry on doing the thing 
that led them to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as their friend dies, they will immediately shrug it off. And there'll be someone with an ob- obnoxious name like Frog or Dick or something like that. Bobbo. Bobbo. <laughs> Frog and Bobbo. I do think Diane Ho does a good setting. Because mm-hmm. like the train fun house. is a good setting. Funhouse is a good setting. Yeah. Um, you know I like the fever. Creepy hospital. Like oh yeah, I forgot hospital. about that. So she's good at settings. She's just got too many characters. Yeah, just have less. Fewer, mm-hmm. not less, fewer. just smaller characters. Small. Fewer characters. <laughs> just have them be very short. Like maybe they've been shrunk, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> honey, I Shrunk my 104 <laughs> characters in this fucking book. Anyway, that'll be fun. Yep. Where can people get us in the meantime? You can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you want to be getting an extra episode every month, uh, you can become one of our Patreons, uh, join our Patreon community, and you get a super cool badge and loads of back <laughs> back issues back of the bonus episodes. episodes. Um, yeah, because even if you join now, you get all of the back episodes, and there's, um, I think, quite a lot now. Yeah. It's like 12 or 13 now. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a year's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also help us to keep going, which is really cool. Yes. But actually, you... Just listening keeps us going. If you could recommend us to your friend, leave us a review. Anything you like, we really appreciate it. Yes. Or just send us um, gifts also. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Send us naff books that we can take the piss off. Oh, yeah, we that'd love be amazing. It. It's, it's the best. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Bye.